Hello and welcome to the Maps Communications 2020 podcast, a series of podcasts where we explore various archives and collections. My name is Faith Williams and I'm joined today by Sandy Wood, Collections Curator for the Royal Scottish Academy of Art and Architecture. Hi Sandy, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us about your role at the Academy? Hello, yes, I'm Sandy. I've, I've been Collections Curator at the Academy since 2013, so, you know, seven years in that particular role and before that I was the technician um, from was it 2003 um, and I think between 2003 and then 2010 I became the assistant curator and then up to the uh, you know overall collections curator when my predecessor Joanna Soden retired um, after being at the academy since 19. 19- 85. So, you know, I've maybe got quite a wee while left in this role. I've been here for, what, seven, over 17 years now at the RSA, which, you know, feels like I should maybe be being accessioned into the collections myself at some point. So how do you spend an day nowadays, um, since your role must have changed over the years? Um, it's often spinning a lot of plates, really, I think. You know, that's what a lot of people do in museums these days, especially smaller museums, independent um, museums and galleries. You know, I suppose numerous specialist roles have tended to decrease lately in the museum world. And so if you're in a bit of a smaller outfit, you probably find yourself doing a bit of everything. I mean... So it's really a bit of everything you might expect to, to happen in a collection or archive if you're familiar with the sort of work that goes on there. I mean, if you consider that the National Galleries of Scotland, for example, have lots of different departments, they have registrars, they have a picture library team, they have curators, they have you know, a handling team, they have people who work on their website and digitization, and they have you know, separate members or members of staff or teams for all those areas in a way you know I suppose I do all of that at the same time and it's really rewarding to be able to have that variety in your role it can sometimes feel a wee bit overwhelming in that you don't have time to to focus on something specific for a, a period but I think having that variety coming into work on every day knowing that it's not going to be exactly the same, I think is, a, you know, I, would, I wouldn't swap that for, for a different role anyway, put it that way. So what kind of material are you working with? I mean, pointing out the obvious, it is primarily Scottish, but you must have lots of media for different artists. Yeah, it's, I mean, our, our collection was, the, far, the first works, that we've identified as coming into our collection arrived in 1829 and they were gifted um, by a um, painter called John Martin, who was actually an English artist, but he was awarded an honorary, um, he was made an honorary academician. And so in, in return for that, he gifted us some work. Since, since that point, the core collection of the academy, the diploma collection, which is where members will gift a piece of their work on election to represent them. That collection 
began in 1831. That was when the first works came in. And since that point, you know, I, our, our collection has grown in the way you might expect uh, an historic collection of that age to grow. You know, we've got paintings, sculpture, prints, photography, a library, an archive. You know, we've now got time-based media coming into the collection, which is more of a recent arrival and multimedia works, installation, pieces. You know, I think really is there, there's a bit of everything and there's also, you know, substantial collections that have been gifted by artists, studio gifts, you might call them, uh, which, which tend to come in after an artist is gone, but might be considered while they were still around. And that is really what, in a way, what it says in the tin, and that it's as if you're walking into the artist studio and and finding in the collections what you might have found there. So you know, sketchbooks, artist tools, their memorabilia, objects of inspiration and influence that they might have used in their paintings or their work, their own archives, you know, photographic archives that they've held, um, other archives, correspondence that they've they've had, and so it, it's a, a really sort of rich and varied collection. And the way, the way I guess, is the easiest way to understand it and navigate around it. And the way that we tend to navigate around it is as the, the artist is the foundation. And, you know, as an artist-run institution, we're the oldest surviving artist-run institution in Scotland. But somewhere that's been, you know, run by artists, the collections contains their work. That collection has been developed by those artists over the years. That's a sort of linchpin, and it's an easy way of of thinking about you know everything that we have. It all comes back to those artists that have either operated or ran the academy or have been involved in the things that we've done over the years. So you're still actively collecting things from your members. Yes. Yeah, I mean, we're, we elect new members every year and that the constitution was changed in 2005. So we can now elect as many members as the, as the current membership would like to elect every year. It used to be the case that it was a one out, one in policy on the full membership where a, a full member had to die for another um, associate member to be promoted to the rank of full RSA. We, we elect new members every year, so the diploma collection is guaranteed to grow year on year. Sometimes we might receive quite a number of works in a year, sometimes we'll receive fewer, and it just depends when those academicians get around to selecting the work and depositing it as an example of what they do in their practice. We also operate scholarships and awards, like the Conross Scholarship, which has been sending students final years and postgrad students to to Italy um, since the sort of nineteen eighties and other awards like the Morton Award for Lens Based Media, the Barnes Graham Michi Awards, Little John Award, which all result in works by those award winners, those scholars entering the collection. So you know, it, it creates an important um, alternative type of work 
in the collections to the established artists' work. So you have on one side the diploma collection, which tends to be those artists who've been practicing for some time and are elected. Then you also have emerging artists' work. And there's often crossover there where members might have been involved earlier in their careers, and you can see that trajectory flowing through. So we are, we've our collection grows pretty rapidly compared to a lot of other institutional collections. And we do also purchase work. We have a ring fenced acquisition fund that was established a few years ago. And we use that to fill, you know, to fill gaps in the collection um, for artists work that we maybe don't hold or have missed out on in the past and to try and create the right representations of our our membership that you would expect to find if you were say looking for such and such a member in our collection you'd want to see what parts of their practice you what they were remembered for or or you should find in a collection and then i guess the final thing is we get gifted works bequeathed works on a regular basis especially kind of coming from the membership and so yeah our our collection even in the the time, I suppose, in the time that I've been at the RSA has probably grown by a couple of thousand individual artworks, I guess. Wow. So you have you have um, exhibitions, obviously, but a lot of it must be in storage. A lot of your collection must be inaccessible to the public for most of most of the year. It is, yeah. I mean, I think that's probably the case with that a lot of collections and that the vast majority of them are are kept in store you know we've we do have exhibiting space at the mound but we don't have run of the rsa building fully in the way that we used to so it's it's mainly temporary exhibitions and permanent space is fairly limited do you get um, a lot of people coming to your storage space to have a look at things then we do, you know, as as I said before, you know, we're a, we're a small team, we're, we're an independent institution when we receive no government funding at all. So we've, we've got a full, you know, our full team within of permanent staff in the collections is four and only, you know, only two of us are full time. So we, we have to kind of balance the access that we can provide with, you know, what, what is achievable. We do have a lot of researchers come in particularly to to look at our collections and our archive and that, you know, it is quite a unique resource within Scotland. Um, we have, you know, we do have members of the public and visitors come in, but it's, it's not, it's not, that's not a regular occurrence as such. It's quite difficult to manage um, those kinds of visits on a, on a regular, regular basis. We obviously make, we make the collections accessible to, to friends and patrons of the academy. And that's a bit of a bonus if you're in in those areas you can have a little bit of more access than you might otherwise um but yeah i mean the the mantra really is to make everything as accessible as possible so we we, we certainly do our best and what items the items that aren't on physical display there's you know certainly over the past decade the ways that digital access has developed has, has moved forward um, quite considerably in what we may have offered in the past. What are your hopes for the future of the collection then? Uh, I suppose it's trying to, you know, in, in, 
when you get asked those kind of questions, it, it's, it's, I guess, trying to balance your blue sky thinking with what's actually achievable and, and finding, finding the right way to go forward. I think having a collection that fully represents the membership and Scottish art and the role of the Academy over the last 200 years, I think that would be, that would be a great thing to, to get the collections to that, that sort of place. You know, they're, they're recognised as a collection of national significance to Scotland and they were back in 2008, but there are still gaps. We're actively filling those. Um, on, on the flip side of that coin, you know, what, I don't know if you can ever say your collection can be fully representative. I think that's a bit of a subjective opinion, um, depending on who you speak to. I guess from another side of it, to have everything in the collections, archive and library, absolutely fully catalogued in one database so that we can make that accessible online. You know, we've been working on addressing the sort of backlog of documentation and getting everything on our collections onto our collections management database. But it's a, it's a long, it's a long project. Um, and, you know, as I've, as I've said earlier, we get quite a lot of stuff coming in. So sometimes my, uh, our documentation officer can find the, he, no sooner does he think he's managed to address a bit of that backlog that we get another uh, big request in, which includes three or 400 works. And, and it feels like he's back to, back to the uh, to stage one on that. And I guess having everything digitized as well, those as that sort of side of it just would, will make access, you know, accessibility access much better. And especially where we are at the moment in the pandemic, you know, that move to digital, although it's been slightly enforced, I think, with recent events and physical sites being less accessible, I think having that hybrid approach of your collections accessible through a digital platform as well as a physical platform is is really key to how museums and galleries are going to want to operate going forward. And I suppose the, the final two, two things are sort of vision for the next five years or so, just over five years. In 2026, it's the RSA's bicentenary. So we'll be in around for 200 years. So we're currently looking at um, various projects with which, you know, we, how we might celebrate that anniversary. So and a lot of those are obviously revolving around the collection. So that's quite an exciting, it's quite an exciting time for us. And by that stage, you never know as well, we might have a, a new store um, down in Granton, you know, the National Galleries are developing um, something down there, which the RSA is part of, and that will help us, you know, store and care for our collections, which are, you know, growing exponentially a little bit better. You mentioned that there are some gaps you want to fill. What areas do you think are underrepresented? Um, I suppose it's, it's perhaps not so much areas as particular members work. You know, members have been elected and for whatever reason, we haven't perhaps received a diploma work from them or associates have been elected and we haven't collected a, an example of their work. So I think, you know, the first, the first priority really in our collecting strategy is to 
have representation in our collections of at least one one work by every member who's been elected to the academy. We have been working, I suppose, over the last wee while on trying to bring our 20th century printmaking holdings up to the same sort of level as our 19th century holdings. You know, our, our 19th century printmaking is, has been sort of recognised as a, as, a, as a very significant resource in that area in Scotland. But our 20th century holdings are slightly less impressive. And so we've, we've been collecting various things over the last few years that have looked to address that gap. You know, folios by likes of Eduardo Palozzi, Alan Davy, Will McLean, um, to sort of give a, give a better representation of that important phase of Scottish printmaking from say the, the kind of 1920s going, going forward. What is your favourite item that you have in the collection? Uh, good question. Kind of an impossible question, I think, because there's so many. And if you think of, and if I think about it from different perspectives, you know, different different works come to mind for different reasons. I think, um, you know, I, I can talk. I can talk about a few, I suppose. Um, and it, it, but then, if you ask me the same question in a week's time, the list will probably change. It <laughs> depends what comes to mind with it. If you're looking at eight thousand things. That you work with on a regular basis. There's there's so many interesting items in there. It's impossible to choose. I guess one thing that comes to mind, one recent diploma work that comes to mind is a piece by Derek Guild titled "Follower," which is the was the first sort of multimedia diploma work really, um, in that he deposited a painting, a large format photograph, and a film. And it was all sort of based around a performance that he gave in the, I think it was the 2016 annual exhibition where he was in the gallery painting. Uh, a, he had a sort of various vases of tulips on a, a table in the gallery and he was sort of painstakingly painting the petals of each of these tulips over the the course of the gallery being open and was surrounded on the walls by some of his paintings of those tulips. And over the course of the show, obviously he painted them and then the tulips sort of wilted and died. And it was, that work was all kind of inspired by the tulip mania from the Dutch golden age where tulips got to such a ridiculous um, price that they were, I think at one point they were sort of the entire, you know, a fairly well-paid um, tradesman for the year would be his entire annual salary. So, you know, that, I think that that was an interesting work in a number of ways. And because I think it was a bit of a first for the diploma collection, that's why it sort of comes to mind. Phyllis Bones' diploma work is another. Um, Sheer Can the Tiger, and she was the first woman to be elected as an academician. And obviously Sheer Khan has a lot of nice and nice memories from your childhood and um, Mowgli in the Jungle Book. Um, so th those are two, but there are, 
there are lots there are lots of other ones um early scottish photography we have an, an interesting collection of helen adamson and thomas keith photographs which are, are pretty unique and i think you know, because i did photography at art school um i'm sort of drawn towards towards those and i, I guess just i suppose an artist's work that that's sort of quite close to the forefront of my mind at, at, at the moment, just because of a lot of the global issues that are going on is the, the work of Adi Adesina. He was born in Nigeria in the same year as me, actually in 1980, and moved to Scotland and studied at, at Grey's in Aberdeen. But he creates sort of monumental um, prints, mainly or often in, you know, woodcut, um, lino cut, and he uh, the the scenes that he that he creates they're they're often commenting on humanity sort of the precariousness of humanity the global warming climate change you know they're visually immersive landscapes which are you know just kind of fantastic things to look at and sort of draw you into this sort of um, theatrical, filmic sort of um, landscapes. So those, you know, his work, I think, has always spoken to me since since he became a member. That's a bit of a cross-section. So I suppose that's, that's maybe sort of four things that maybe that, that this week are my favourites. <laughs> nice variety, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a great thing. There is such a variety of of different types of work in the collection. That here, you know, the the way the relationship between the historic work in the academy that's been produced and the contemporary work. There's always a dialogue going on there, and it's a, it's interesting how you find similar conversations cropping up now that might have been happening a couple of hundred years ago. So you're open at the moment, again, government regulations permitting. Have you got exhibitions on right now? Yes, there's, you know, our, our academicians gallery, which is the, the gallery which is open all year, showing academicians work and, and selling academicians work which, you know, we've, we've been selling Scottish artists' work since, since 1826. So, you know, and we'll, keep, we'll keep doing so as long as we continue to exist. You know, that, that has been open, I think, since September, end of time, um, and is always bookable by appointment in the current regulations. Hopefully next year we'll be able to open up properly again. And we've got two, two exhibitions on at the moment, Reduct, Abstraction, Geometry and Scottish Art and Peace Starts with a Smile by our our member, printmaking member, Stuart Duffin. And you happen to be in Edinburgh and you want to, to go and catch those shows. They're all booking by appointment. So if you have a look on the RSA website, you'll be able to, to find out a bit more about that. Fantastic. Thank you for talking to me today, Sandy. It's been really interesting hearing about the variety of members work you've got in your collection it's a pleasure Faye. thank you very much nice to speak to you cheers cheers bye-bye